In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we have heard, so far, two parables from Matthew chapter 25 in the last two weeks. And on Christ the King Sunday, we conclude the chapter with a picture of Christ as he reigns on the last day. So as we see on the last day, Christ will come with the angels. He will be seated on his throne of glory. The nations will be brought before him, and he will judge them. And in that judgment, he will separate the sheep and the goats. The sheep will enter into the master's joy, and the goats will be sent to hell. The last two weeks, I have said the parables tell us about the joy of the last day. The parable of the bridesmaids tells us to prepare now joyfully to receive our welcome at the great party. And the parable of the talents we heard last week tells us of a generous Lord who wants us to live freely, courageously, and joyfully in his generosity. And now Christ invites us to consider what it will be like to stand before his throne on Judgment Day. And believe it or not, I'm going to turn this back around into a message of joy. And so you might be wondering, how's the preacher going to pull good news out of this one? But I will. And usually these passages are preached in two ways. The first way is to emphasize the terror of the judgment. And Christ is clear here. There is some terror in this passage because there are people who are going to be sent to hell. That's terrifying. And it ought, to be, it ought to be sobering to all of us. Because Jesus is quite clear here that Judgment Day is not going to be a day of joy for some people. And that's true. And the reality of the judgment is the reality of the weight of all of our sin upon us. If we've not given our sin to Christ on the cross, there ought to be nothing more terrifying for us. How terrible is the thought that you will stand before a holy, perfect judge who will recount all of your evil? And this is not a wrong way to preach this passage. The truth of the judgment, the truth that some are going to be sent to hell, ought not to be a truth put on the back, on the back burner. This truth, though, we need to keep on the front burner because it reminds us of what we're doing here this morning. Right? We are not a social club. We're not group therapy. We're not here to make each other just simply feel better. Instead, we're here because there is a truth of eternal consequence that we have to share with one another. We have an important message to hear, to listen to. But the message of judgment, the message of hell in this passage, in Matthew 25, preaching it that way is an incomplete way to preach it. It's an incomplete view of the passage because it only puts the law on you. It only puts that judgment on you, but it brings you no gospel. And in this passage, we always went to see the gospel, to see the good news. And so the other way to preach this passage in the same way, in some ways, is to pull the law out of it and place the law on you. I mean, the other way to preach this passage, as it is sometimes preached, is to preach the necessity of good works. Is Christ telling us here that some will get to heaven because they fed the hungry, gave clothes to the naked, visited those in prison, and so on? Is Jesus telling us that in the end, we are actually going to be saved by what we do? And that's not a lot of good news either, is it? 
because we'll all stand here and wonder, did I do enough for Jesus to count me among the sheep? I haven't really visited anyone in prison. Am I going to hell? I'm not always compassionate like I should be. Am I going to be sorted out with the goats? And when we begin to ask these questions, we will only find ourselves under condemnation because we know we're never compassionate enough. We know our hearts are never good enough to be counted among the sheep. We know there's always more that we could be doing. And so the question is, what is the gospel here in Jesus' message? What's the good news? And so here I want you to look at verse 37. Because notice what the righteous sheep do say to Jesus. They ask, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry? And so on. What we see is that those who were judged as righteous did not even know that they were being righteous. And that's good news. Because your good works are hidden from you. You don't even know that you are doing them. And on judgment day, when your good works are revealed, you might just be surprised. Oh, that was a good work. Oh, that's something God did in his kingdom. That's something God used me for. And on judgment day, you might be surprised. And so the differences between the ones on the right and the ones on the left in the parable is not that the ones on the right knew that they were doing righteous, good works. The difference is that the ones on the right were already counted as sheep. They were already made sheep. We would say they were made sheep in their baptisms. right? They were made sheep when God gave them the gift of faith. And it was counted to them as righteousness because of Christ. Their works are redeemed by Christ. Without Christ, all of our good works are sin. Because we all have a heart of a goat. But by his perfect life, his death, his resurrection, which are given to us in our baptisms, our works are redeemed. And so you don't even know your good works. In your baptisms, when you're given the Holy Spirit, he begins using you for the kingdom's sake, apart from what you're even aware of. <clears throat> Here in Matthew 25, the good works that are identified by Christ the judge as being done to him are completely hidden from the ones doing them. Right? They do some basic decent things. And it turns out that these were the works Christ wanted them to do all along. They had no thought that they were doing something great in the kingdom. And that's the good news in this passage. Because Christ wants you to have faith in him and faith what he does for you. And not to try to earn anything before him. Instead, rely on him to take care of it for you. Because in your vocations, God's going to give you all the opportunities in the world to do good works. And so have faith in his promises. And then go about your work honestly and diligently, because Christ has promised to take care of the rest. <clears throat> so if you're a parent, if you're a grandparent, you pray for your children, you encourage them, you teach them the truth, you love them, and you're doing good works. Even if it doesn't feel like something remarkable, the Holy Spirit's redeeming them for you. All right? Be honest in your work. Be a good neighbor. Give charitably where you can. Don't worry. Christ has already made you a sheep. Have faith. Trust in his promises. 
and the Holy Spirit will shape your heart in just the way he wants to. And so the extent of our good works is hidden from us. And it's hidden from us so that we don't become prideful. Right? God wants us to rest in him, to trust in his sure word. He doesn't want us to trust in ourselves. That's a disaster. And that's why the Bible loves to describe us as God's people as sheep. Sheep will not make it on, our, on their own, nor will we make it on our own. We cannot protect ourselves from the attacks of the enemy. We cannot provide for our own needs. We need a shepherd to keep us alive, to protect us, to guide us, to, to heal us, to bind up our injuries, and to keep us secure. A sheep that wanders out on its own, believing that it has the ability to take care of itself, will quickly find itself in trouble. And so God doesn't want us to have confidence in ourselves. He wants us to have confidence in him alone. And so he hides our works from us. If we saw our good works, we would be tempted to say, wow, look how good and strong and faithful I am. Look how much good I can do. And we would quickly fall on our face and fall into despair and hopelessness once we failed. And so God says instead, have faith. Have faith in me. Have faith what Christ has done for you. And the works will take care of themselves. And finally, notice the gospel here, because what Christ says to the sheep is this. Come, that you, are come you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. An inheritance is a gift. You can't earn it. It's given to you by the goodwill of the person making the will. God is giving his sheep this inheritance, not because they deserve it, not because they've earned it, he is giving it to them out of his generosity. And so for those who have faith in the promises of God, Judgment Day is a great day of joy. It's not a terrible day. In our baptisms, we were given the promise that Christ has taken our sins. They're not ours. And so when we stand before God on Judgment Day, God will not recount our sins. For those who have faith, Christ has taken the sins. They're not ours. There's nothing for God to recount on that day. And so when we get to judgment day and we say, Lord Jesus, I have trusted in you alone, we'll know that we are right and proper sheep, that we are God's own, and that we will be inheriting a kingdom prepared for us on that day. So let us see judgment day as a day of joy, and let us put our trust in his promises alone. Amen.